Good morning, Somas Church. Welcome. Good morning, guys. How are you today? Happy Sunday. Happy March. Welcome if you're new here, and if you're not, uh, welcome back. It's good to see you. Um, wanted to share a little bit this morning. Um, well, to be honest with you, I'm a little conflicted. It's, uh, it's a new month, um, and I wanted to celebrate Mrs. Cindy Jane, uh, who's taking some much-needed time uh, with family, and I thought it would be fun if you guys wanted to participate. We would do something a little bit different. Um, could we make a small video for her singing happy birthday as a church body? When do I start, Jeff? I don't know this. Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Cindy. Happy birthday to you. And many we love more. You. We love you. We love you. <laughs> I'll send that to her since uh, she couldn't be with us this morning. Um, and then I wanted to transition. Um, we have a beloved uh, family going through some stuff right now, and uh, it's personal to I know all of us uh, as they are pillars in this church. Uh, but it was the first couple that introduced themselves when Katie and I and my family came to Somos Community Church for a Taco Tuesday. Um, a little lady walked up to me and she says, I'm Grandma Joy, I give hugs. No handshakes, no nothing. And she came right in and I got a big nuzzle. And uh, so I just wanted to talk for a second. Ron uh, transitioned home last night. Um, he is, uh, she said, lucid. He's making small jokes. Um, Pastor Gary sent me a text this morning and I thought I would share it. Um, so this was from Joy. Ron said, I don't want to leave you. And she agreed, but told him, that we are not in charge. And then he looked up at her gently and he said, can you just cancel this trip? And I thought, how amazing, not wanting to leave, loving his wife. Um, doesn't have a lot of time, but we just wanna say a, a prayer for the family and love them well. So join with me. Father, you know what we need even before we know what to ask. And I pray, Lord, that you would be with Ron and Joy and their family. I pray, Lord, that you would be with their extended family and the hundreds of people whose lives they've touched, who have that uh, kindred connection. Father, for this body in this house, your house, we ask for peace, we ask for joy, we ask for strength, and I pray that we would come alongside them and continue to come alongside them for the weeks and the months and the years to come. Lord, we are not in charge. You are, and you are sovereign over the details. So I pray, Lord, for these next couple days that there would be hope, that there would be laughter, that there would be memories that are made. It's all for you, it's all to you, it's all through you, Lord. So we give you this and we ask that you have your way in our hearts and our minds. I pray that during this service, we would be thinking on things that are pure and that are righteous and that are holy. Lord, have your way in our hearts. 
Have your way in our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would stand with us as we worship together. Sings my soul, my Savior, God to thee. 
Father, we know that these words are true and that because you have risen and you've showed the whole world that life after death is a true and real thing, we, are, we look forward to our own passing, that we get to spend eternity with you and sing your praises and, and enjoy your presence. <clears throat> we just this morning thinking about our brother Ron and how he is facing that transition to be with you. And God, we, we want healing for him. We want you to sustain his life as long as you possibly can, God, because he's, he's in a, such an important part of who we are and the family of God here. And so we, we pray for that, God, and give him peace and comfort and give him uh, 
the love that he deserves from all of his family and the people that are surrounding him. But may he be an example to the rest of us, as he always has, of your grace, your goodness, your mercy, and how he is going to be worshiping with you. Yes, we will. We'll all be together again. Amen. We thank you for that. Thank you for that confidence that we yes. have. Lord, now as our pastor speaks to us from your word and teaches us uh, about how to use our gifts and talents to serve you, we pray that you'd bless him, bring to his memory the things that he's prepared, and, and even bring things to his mind while he teaches that yes. you just now are putting on his heart because you, your Holy Spirit can do that. Make our hearts open. May we uh, be open to your spirit and, and see the life change that you can make in each one of us. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> Say a couple things before we get into uh, scriptures this morning. Uh, uh, just want to add to what uh, has already been said that we truly are praying for Ron and the family as they go through this season, through this valley, and uh, Jesus is going to be with them. Uh, there is a basket back there if you'd like to write a little card or a note or something like that, and we'll make sure that it gets to them. It's in the back table. But also, uh, Chris is going to be available at the place right there, that little wood frame thing. And uh, if you'd like to just uh, speak, um, we'll video it as a testimony and uh, greeting, prayer, if you want to pray or give a scripture, whatever you feel to say to Ron, and then we will um, take those and she'll send those to Joy and she can share them with Ron. And so I think that's a cool thing to do. Uh, also, uh, next Sunday is... Um, our, our anniversary for a church. Yeah. I mean, this church is older than me. It's 51 years old. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, it's got a lot of history. If you want to know something about this church, one of the prime people to talk about that is Jeff and Karen Hahn right over there. And uh, so we got some special things planned for next uh, Sunday. One of the things, we, we've got the best grill masters of Ventura County going to be grilling for us. Um, we, we've, we're bringing out the best of the best. And uh, uh, so that'll be uh, next Sunday, and we want to celebrate that. We want you to stay for lunch. It's going to be provided for. If you want to bring a dessert, you can bring dessert, but otherwise, just come and enjoy the fellowship time together. And then uh, one more thing before we get into the sermon. Uh, uh, as I speaking of best of the best, Floyd is going to be cooking breakfast for the men next Saturday, and we want you to, uh, if you're a man, a man, and uh, you can join us next, yeah, next Saturday at 9 o'clock. And so we'd love to have you come and be with us. It's a great time together. It's just a good connection time. And so uh, he's got um, a great breakfast plan for that as well. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to invite you to turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. If you uh, like to take notes, you should have been handed a note 
and uh, you can follow along with notes. <clears throat> We're doing a sermon series. We got one more Sunday to go, and uh, this is the fourth uh, uh, sermon about our calling. I am called. Each one of us, God has called us. You, if you're here this morning, you're not, you're not sure about your purpose in life, how God wants to use you, well, listen to the sermon. Listen to these messages, and it is very clear how God wants to use us. We're looking at five callings of our life, the five purposes of why you and I exist, the five reasons God created you are five assignments that he has for your life and for my life, the five ways you can find true fulfillment in your life. God has made those very clear to us. So let's review those. And uh, as we just said, uh, we have five callings. Let's review the first three calling that we've looked at already. The first calling that we looked at, I am called by God to be loved by God. Now let that sink in. You have been made to be loved by God. He created you so that he could love you. That is an awesome statement. That gives you confidence. You know, we need more of that thinking in our life. We need to be settled on that. God loves me and he created me to love, to love me. And it just wasn't a one time all throughout my life. And if you're a child of God for eternity, he will love us. The second calling, I am called by God to belong to God's family. Now we looked at that in, in here and presently his family is revealed through the church family. God meant everyone to be part of the body of Christ, that local body of Christ. He made you to belong, to be connected, to fit into something bigger than yourself. There are no Lone Ranger Christians. He made you to belong to his family. God didn't just give birth you and left you alone to be an orphan, to find your way through life. No, he brought you into a family. And uh, that is uh, such a benefit to us all. And then thirdly, we looked last Sunday, as Wayne um, preached uh, last Sunday, did a great job with that. I am called by God to become like Jesus Christ. You know, he shared some wonderful truths about our lives and how God wants to grow us and mature us. He, he wants us to, to be, to be um, more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And God has given us the Holy Spirit as our Life coach, you know, they're a life coach, you know, he, he's there to help us, to grow us, to mature us, to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to say all four of these things, they're on the, on the screen here. So would you say these out loud with me? All right. And we are all called. And so I want you to say these things as an affirmation. I believe I'm called, and here's how God has called me. All right, let's go to the first one. Let's go all, all through all four of them. Ready? I am called by God to be loved by God. I am called by God to belong to God's family. I am called by God to become like Jesus Christ. And I am called by God to bless others. So this week, we're looking at that last one. We are called to be blessed, to bless others. Now, how 
do we bless others? By osmosis? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It, your presence could be a blessing in some situations. But I think it's more than that. It's more than just coming and being osmosis in a pew. It's more than that, just your presence walking in and then walking back out. We are called by God to bless others. We can bless others when we serve others. There are many ways that we could bless, you know, physical, financially support, help, uh, emotionally support, practical advice. The point is that we bless others. And when we bless others, we serve them. Notice in your notes, if you're taking notes, the fourth purpose of my life is God shaped me to serve. He has shaped me to serve. Now, when we talk about the shape, there are a lot of things that enter into that. There's, of course, the, uh, when we become a believer, that the Holy Spirit comes in and to us and equips us. And he gives us gifts of the Holy Spirit. And yes, we are very gifted. God uh, tooled us, you know, equipped us for, for serving, to serve others. And, and certainly your experiences, what God has done, and your growth, and, and your... Um, uh, resources, all those things are those things that God shapes you and, and he creates you, he's creating you to, to bless, to, to serve, to minister as he uses all these things in our life. God has put a lot of thought in how he created you and I. You're not an afterthought with God. You were a beforethought. Before you were ever born, he designed your life to shape you to serve him and his others. You're wired by God to bless others. In Ephesians chapter 2, and look at verse 1. And this is written for you and I. It is about us. It is about you. You can put your name in there. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And we've said this before, you're God's masterpiece. You're a work of art. You know, when you see the beautiful sunsets and we say, oh, man, God, you did great tonight. We see the stars and we say, oh, beautiful. Oh, look what God has done. We see that flower. We see the birth of a baby. We see all those miracles in, the na in nature. And we just, you know, express our thanks to and say, give glory to God. Listen, you as well are a unique work from God. God created you just like he wanted you and equipped you and wants to use you in a very special way. When he created you, he created a mold and threw away the mold. There's no one like you. You are uniquely shaped to do his good work. We are his workmanship. God called you into service and serving others. It is, your call, it is called your ministry. Your divine purpose in life is to bless others. God has called us to do that. We weren't made not just to take up space, to live a self-centered life, and then, you know, leave this planet. There's more to that. God placed you here on this planet to make a contribution by who you are 
uh, who you are and what you can do for others. The Bible calls this, calls us the ministry. You're a minister. The word for the uh, minister can be interchanged with the word serve, could be interchanged with the word bless. As we look at it, it has the same meaning. Listen to these two verses. First of all, in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13, it says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. We were called. He's given us liberty. We sing about the amazing grace. The chains have been broken off. We've been called uh, out from uh, under the law. We, we live in, in, in uh, New Testament grace, and we, talk, uh, we, we know that the freedom that we have is an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, we serve one another. We're called to serve. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Different ways and different ways that God uses you and, and equips us, but it's all meant to serve one another. Let me give you one more verse of the great book of Ephesians, chapter 4, the great church at Ephesus. It says in chapter 4, and verse 11 and 12, and he says, and he says, and he gave the apostles, he's talking about that church there, and he says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, and evangelists, and the shepherds, and, teacher, and teachers. And then he says to this, he said, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And that says that, you know, a minister isn't the guy that's always in the pulpit. The minister isn't the guy that, you know, goes to Bible college, you know, or, or is ordained as a pastor. What this is saying is that every saint has the work of the ministry. We're all ministers. We're all serving. We're all doing, um, building up the body of Christ, servants of God, serving each other. We're all called to serve and to bless others with how God has equipped us, how he has sourced us, how he has shaped us. He's given us the tools to do the job. I remember one time uh, years ago, I uh, was calling about a, um, a construction job, and it was, they were putting siding on, on a house. And so I, I called the guy, and, and he said, well, come out, and we'll talk, and so we, I came out, and it was kind of a little interview there on the job site, and, and he asked me, you know, what I could do and, and all that, and I shared that. And so after it all said and done, he said, okay, all right, well, you got your uh, tools. Let's go ahead and, and get started here. So I said, okay. So I walked back to my truck, and on the way to the back of my truck, I said, oh, no. I didn't bring my tools. <laughs> here I am getting this job, meeting this person for the first time, and I had left my tools at home. How stupid did I feel going back to the guy as I listened? I, I left my hammer at home. I left my tools at home. I'm going to have to go get them. And uh, he couldn't believe it, and, and uh, he went ahead and hired me, and, and I worked for him for a while. Listen, God doesn't leave us ill-equipped. He wants us to be a success. He wants to use you in a powerful way. I think a lot of times we look at ourselves and we, we say, well, you know, I, I don't have this. I don't have that. 
I'm not like that person. You're exactly right. You're not like that person. God has made you unique. And we're just be willing to, to use how God has shaped us and for the building of the body of Jesus Christ. And so we are called to serve. God has it in his plans for you to bless others. And he's going to equip you. He's going to help you to do that. And uh, uh, however that might look like, that's between you and the Lord. And, but he will do that. So this morning, I want to give you some f- four benefits. Talk about um, that when we follow God's calling, these benefits uh, will happen in our life. First of all, number one, it will create joy in my life. Many people are looking for joy, happiness, and they're looking in the wrong places. They're singing the song, I can't get no satisfaction in life. And we can try to find happiness. And we can try and look for it in what we can accumulate. You know, getting the most likes on the Facebook post or the Twitter being popular at school and, you know, reaching the top of the corporate ladder, you know, and have all those credentials and things behind you. They don't last. Those are just temporary, short-lived moments. Permanent joy, listen, permanent joy comes through serving. This is the way God has wired us. This is the way he has made us. And this is the way God is. And, and we have been made in his image. He, it is his desire that we become more like Jesus Christ. And God delights in giving to us. We're made just like him. I'm going to give you two important points of this to understand about this, it, about joy and serving. Joy comes when I get the focus off myself. You know, this is counterculture. You know, everything in, the, in our counterculture, it, you know, is about self-interest. It's about, you know, you know, taking care of yourself, you know, looking out for number one, those type of things. Have it your way. And, and Jesus comes along, and he is definitely a, 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 a revolutionary. He comes along, and he does things backwards. It's upside down. This teaching that we're given this morning, it's upside down teaching compared to what the culture of today is. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 17, he says, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life. Pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And Paul says, I want all of you to share that joy. I want you all to have that joy, that joy of serving. And the most happiest people in this room, the most happiest people on this planet, in our community, are the ones who are most helpful, the ones who are constantly serving. They're looking for ways to serve. They receive the most joy. And when we give our lives away, we receive true joy. That's what Paul's saying. That's what Jesus said. Listen, my friend, if, if you lack joy in your life, here's the antidote. Just start serving. Just be a servant. Just be willing to be a person that 
uh, you're going to bless. If you're unhappy, make a switch from self-centeredness to make others the center of your attention, starting, of course, with God. Now, here's the second thing about joy and serving. Joy comes when I use what I have to bless others. Joy comes when I use what I have to bless others. Use what you have to bless others. This is living unselfishly. You will live a life full of joy. And, and this, is, uh, this is taking what we have, not what we don't have or wish we had, but what we presently have, what God has given us, and saying, okay, as the little boy who was there and uh, Jesus was wondering if there's any food to feed the multitudes, and the little lad had that little lunch. It's all I got. Oh, my. In the hands of Jesus, how it blessed so many people. You may only have half a sandwich. <laughs> you may, you know, whatever you might. But if you will take that, and whether it's two little widow's mites or, or five smooth stones or a rod or Whatever. And you say, God, if you can use it, you can use me. I will be willing to bless others. And he will. He will. There's joy in life when we stop being selfish and live to serve others. I remember uh, oh, a couple of weeks ago, um, we were here on a Saturday evening, and I realized that we were in transition of people cleaning the church, and, and, it, and the church building didn't get clean. And so I said to Cindy, I said, look, uh, the church, didn't, uh, look, would you mind helping me, and we'll clean the church. And so I confessed, you know, that I got the, the broom and the cart and went over there, and we were cleaning and so forth, and, and, uh, and it's good for me to do that. And, uh, and so I was thinking, you know, and as I was cleaning and, and I was doing, and, and uh, I started thinking about this, you know, I'm cleaning because it just needs to be done. Needs to be done. Okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah, this is good. We got to have a clean place. Got to have bathrooms clean. But then, you know what? There was something that happened in me that transformed my thinking into a place where, you know, I have to do this. I need to do this. And I got to thinking, you know, this, is, this, this place has been dedicated to God. And God, we are, are, are saying that, God, you take this facility. You take what we have. And you use it for God's glory. We've, we've uh, dedicated. We, we have given it. You know, 51 years ago, Harold Anderson, the first pastor and some people said, you know, said, God, if you can use us, we'll, we'll, and we're carrying that, that same legacy on. And I got to thinking, you know, this is, I'm going to start to, I'm, I'm going to do this for God. I'm not doing it because, you know, so Ed could have a clean bathroom to go to. I'm not doing that for him. I'm going to do this for God. You know, my whole attitude change. There's an old song called Whistle While You Work. I don't know if you remember, but you do. And uh, so uh, it was just like uh, my whole attitude changed. 
And I was enjoying myself of cleaning the bathroom and sweeping and mopping and doing all those things because I wasn't doing it for myself. I wasn't doing it for you. I was doing it for God. And, of course, God's people. Listen, there's joy in serving others. But we've got to take the focus off ourselves, And we've got to be willing to use whatever it is and give it to the Lord. The second thing is we think about the benefits of serving, of blessing others. It will improve my relationships. Your relationships will improve. They will get better when we learn to serve others better. Because first, we will enjoy life, and then we will live like we were made. God created you to bless others. It just fits. It just works for us because God created us that way. Listen in your notes, the root of every single relational problem in your life is self-centeredness. Now, that's worth coming to the service just for that statement. Every relational problem has a root of self-centeredness. If I want what I want and you want what you want, <laughs> neither of us are willing to get along or to budge or give in or change, there's going to be conflict. Listen, if I won't try to see what you are seeing and you won't try to see what I'm seeing, there's a breakdown in that relationship. Self-centeredness. You know, just a kind of side note here. It's one of the big difference in generations you know, we have different views, and you have, when you have multiple generations, and churches have multiple generations. You know, the older people won't take time to try to listen to the younger generation, and the younger generation are not, are not um, uh, open to dialogue with, with older people. It becomes a great issue. We need to have that open dialogue and, and from, from grandparents to grandkids. We have to be willing to have this dialogue. And I'm not saying that you have to accept and, and believe and correct everything that may say. Truth needs to be as truth. But there has to be this dialogue, this communication open. And uh, we can't have that if we're just always focusing and not trying to understand uh, others, uh, how they see things and where they're coming from. At the root of all re relational problems, it's all about me and not you. Self-centeredness will kill every healthy relation. Listen, if, if you have, you know, you, you've said, I'd like to have more friends. Well, <laughs> just get yourself uh, out of focus and just focus on others and improve your relationship with others. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28 it says, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He came to serve. And God is developing and shaping us and moving us along to be like Jesus Christ, the Son of Man who came not to be served, but to serve. You know, we may try to be interesting, but what we need to do is just be interested in others. We may try to lift ourselves up, but what we need to try to do is lift others up. You know, if we do this, people will think that we're the greatest person in life. 
You'll stand out as a crowd as everyone uh, is, is usually into themselves. But if you're not into yourself and you're into others, you will stand out. Isn't that true? How Jesus said, or uh, Zen John says, you know, by your love for each other, you will stand out. You will be known. You'll be greatly loved and respected by others. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 14, verse 18, if you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. If you serve Christ with this kind of attitude of servant attitude like Jesus, others will approve of you. In other words, they will respect you. They will give you respect. Your respect will grow because of this servant attitude. Why is it that Mother Teresa is well known? Because she have, you know, sacrificed and served the poor. She's well known. Many respect her. Please watch this. When we bless people, we receive blessings. The more I bless others, the more I'm blessed. The more I serve people, the more God honors me. The more I minister to others, the more God ministers to me. Proverbs, there was a Proverbs in chapter 11, verse 25. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Blessing others, we receive blessings. Listen, if we think we're too busy, got too much on our plate, or whatever reason we give not to serve, do you realize that we forfeit the means to be blessed? When we make our business our own business, when we live as it all about oneself, then we void God's way of receiving his blessing. God never blesses selfishness. You know, do you think that God blesses us and he shapes us for our own, building our own kingdom? It isn't. There's a much bigger picture going on than, than what we see about ourselves. That God has the kingdom of God, and, and I don't understand a lot of it, but I just know that he's building something bigger than myself, bigger than what I could ever build as a kingdom. And things that happen, so you know, like what, what Ron and Joy are experiencing in that family and all these things, God is doing something and a work in us with all these things. I could say it this way. The more you give your life away, the more God blesses you. Proverbs 22 says, a generous man himself will be blessed. The third thing that does for us and the benefit of serving, have a life of serving, life becomes meaningful. That's the way God designed us. That would fit, that would, that would uh, be meaningful to others, and of course, it'd be meaningful to us. Most people think that the meaning of life has something to do with finding themselves or making more money or building bigger houses, whatever. Making more money does not make life meaningful. Meaning comes from ministry, serving others. This is how God wired us. We fire on all cylinders when we give our lives away. 
It just works. Matthew 8 says this, verse 35, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, for the sake of the good news, you will save it. What you give, you keep. Now that is upside down with the world's thinking. What you give, you keep. But what you keep, you're going to lose. And God gives us a way that we can make life more meaningful. We do that by serving, by blessing others. When we allow God to use us to bless others, we become significant. Remember when um, he said, when you give a cold, a cup of cold water in God's name, you get rewarded for that in eternity. Remember that? He turns what seems to be an insignificant act of kindness. Now, some of you I know did something to this today, you know. John's keeping his wife warm. That's a significant act, insignificant, but significant act of kindness. We give a cup of cold water in God's name. God says, listen, I've taken note of that. And you will be rewarded in eternity. What that might look like, I don't know. I just know that my experience, my knowledge of God is that his rewards are always good and wonderful. And we want them. They're good to receive. And he tells us that. Which brings us to the last point. Not only that by serving and blessing others, it creates joy, improves my relationship, it makes my life meaningful with no regrets, it also will, will leave a legacy. You will truly make a difference in the life of others. You'll leave something that's powerful and meaningful behind hundred years from now, no one will care about how well you did in life. Like, you know, um, got your name on a building. Those buildings will fall down and your name will be raised. Or there are statues or things like that. Or murals be painted on the side of the wall. I don't know if I would ever want a mural of me on the big, you know, three-story building with a mural painting of, of me. Those will be removed one day from people's memories. But listen to this, what Proverbs chapter 10, it says, it says, good people will be remembered as a blessing. You see, serving leaves a legacy, the legacy that lasts on and into eternity. Matthew chapter 20, verse 26, if you want to be great, you must be the servant of all others. The more you serve, the greater you will become. If you want to be great, learn to serve. Become a living blessing wherever you go and to whomever you meet. Say, I am going to be a blessing. Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 26, that his father will honor anyone who serves me. And you may not have a position in life where you're going to win uh, the Nobel Peace Prize or the Congressional Medal of Honor or, or you know, a first prize at the, at the fair or whatever. You may not win those things, but listen, God promises to honor us, honor you, and you will be rewarded by your service if you choose to follow his calling 
by be a blessing, by be a servant. This is God's promise. And I can't think of any other person, a greater person, or greater reward coming from God that would just outshine all the other things that we could earn or strive for in this life. I want to give you a simple illustration, closing. I know I paid big bucks for this prop. You know, somebody sat down and designed this plastic PVC pipe. They looked at it, and they said, you know, they're going to make it this big, and and, gonna, and, and of course, and, and the whole goal is, of this pipe is that I want to put something that's going to go through here, and then I want it to make it go out here. <laughs> Very simple. Of course, the machines and all that, and, the, and all the material came together, and there it was. And I got to thinking about this. You know, this is, this is the way we, we are. So God created us. And he created this, okay, he says, now, here, I want you, I want you to be able to receive those things. Oh, the goodness of God. Yes, the blessings of God. Oh, the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. God receives salvation. Now, some of you are still fighting that. Let God bless you with his spirit, with eternal life, with the Holy Spirit. Let him do that. Let him give you eternal life. And God wants to do that. And so when we accept Jesus into our heart, you know, we, we believe in him. Death, burial, and the resurrection, and you know, we've, we're a child of God. He says, that's good. And then he says, all right, I want you to have this open in here. So I'm going to give you all those things. But those things aren't to just to stick there. They're not just to stop. Here. I want to use you. I want you to keep that open in. So I'm going to bring you to people, to places. I'm going to lead you, and I'm going to provide, and, and you just got to trust me. And, and if you do that, you will be a blessing to others. I don't know how God wants to use you. This is, this is an attitude that, that we want to be in every day. Want to wake up in the morning and say, God, you know, how are you going to use me today? Pray that prayer. God, it's your day. I just be, want to be sensitive to your leadership. God, use this day. Use where I'm going, what I'm going to do. God, it's your day. You just start the day off that way and see where God takes you and uses you and how he uses you. And then when it comes to your church family, God wants to use you in this body. If you're not part of a church family, he wants you to be. You know, you just sign that connection card, drop it back there and say, I'm interested in becoming part of this church. And we'll have this good uh, uh, conversation about this. And we'll help you along that line, answer any questions. God wants you to belong. He wants you to in and fit in and serve the, the, the whole New Testament. 
when you think about when Jesus started the church and you think about the acts, it just moves on to the rest of the, of the New Testament. It's all about being plugged in the church and how God is working through the church. His plan to, to save the world is through the church. So that's why Paul would go to a church, I mean, a city without the gospel. That's why Harold Anderson and a group of people came to this area and said, we're going to plant a church because the gospel needs to be preached and people need to be loved and the community need to be reached to help in life. How does God want to use you? And I, I'm saying that if you're not connected, if you're not in a ministry... Get involved. Serve. Don't just come osmosis, but get connected. Get plugged in and say, you know, I'm going to be part of that. I'm going to be part of the children's program. I'm going to be part of the youth. I'm going to be part of the mops. I want to be part of the small groups. God, I want to clean. I want to, I want to weed the flower beds. God, I want to wash windows. God, I want to greet. God, however, be plugged in. For those who, who aren't plugged in, I'll, I'll ask you, take one of those connection cards and says, God is, is stirring my heart to serve this way. Right on there. And, and if you say, well, God just stirring my heart, but I don't know where to serve. I don't know how to serve. You just put there a question mark. God, uh, uh, help me. And we'll meet with you. We'll talk to you about that. How you can grow in your service to others. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for moving in our hearts. Many years ago or last week or a few months ago, you spoke to us and called us to yourself to be a child of God, to be born again into the family of God. God, we're so thankful that you did that. God, you said that you wanted us to help you reach this broken world. That you would make space, you'd make room for us. You you would say, I want to use each of my children to build the kingdom of God. God, that's a privilege. We don't do this out of we have to or feel guilty about it. But God, we serve you because it is a privilege. It's a joy to serve you. It's so meaningful to me in, our, in my life. It provides a means to receive blessings. And Father, when we get to heaven, you've kept track of all the ways that we've served from giving a cold 
cup of water in your name, sharing our lunch, helping somebody move, sitting beside a person that is sick, praying for someone, teaching a class to little kids about Jesus, working with the sound system or computers, nature in the office and mailing out things to people and cards and making phone calls. God, you have tracked all that. Oh, God. It's going to be wonderful one day when you say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. God, if there's someone here who does not know Jesus, that they would be willing to open their hearts to you right now. God, if there is a child of God, that they've been just living for themselves, that today they will be an open channel to allow you from this day forward to bless whoever and however you you lead. We say all this because of what Christ has done for us in Jesus' name. Amen. We have the worship team come at this time. And would you stand with me? And let's sing one more closing song and let it be an anthem. Let it be a a response to what God has spoken to you, how he has spoken to you in your heart.